Hey, Jason Rice here, another Used Car Weekly episode. On this one, we're going to go over, is the first quarter going to be a bust or boom? You're watching Used Cars Weekly with Jason Rice. Hey, Jason Rice here, another episode of Used Cars Weekly here at Lot Pop. And I'm excited about this episode because just a week ago, I, I ran across a video of uh, somebody who was going over what they see happening in the used car market. And matter of fact, the title of the video was the used car bubble popped. I'm going to have Lucky Lopez on the show today. He was the one that did the video and he had, he had a lot of good points and a lot of information to back up, you know, what the banks are doing in the background and loans and buy here, pay here and all these things that could be affecting what this first quarter looks like. But let's go ahead and bring Lucky in. And Lucky Lopez, uh, one, I'd like for everybody to kind of get a little bit of your background. Obviously, is Lucky your name? Is it a nickname? And, and again, some of your insight and background, just so they understand where you might be coming from with some of your views. No problem. Um, my uh, birth name is David Lopez. I've been lucky since I've been a kid. I just kind of picked up that nickname through high school, doing sports and doing some crazy stuff. Uh, born and raised in Las Vegas. Um, I started my automotive journey back in 2000 when I opened up my first automotive repair shop. Um, I went to school to work actually on exotic cars, and that's kind of what I did. I actually went to uh, uh, Ferrari Manhattan to a few uh, classes that they were doing at the time to learn to work on exotic cars. Kind of rolled into basically um, flipping cars, then I ended up becoming a broker, becoming a dealer ultimately. And um, now I pretty much do, as you saw, YouTube. Um, I buy uh, automotive portfolio from buy here, pay here dealers independent franchise. And that's kind of one of the reasons why I made that video because during my uh, purchasing time, I saw a lot of things popping up in the markets, a lot of banks kind of pulling back like you saw in the video. And so I wanted to address it because as you know, we share the same opinion that the market is kind of volatile right now. And uh, you know, I think that some of the things I touched on in the video scared a lot of people, but there's a lot of skepticism, but I wanted to get your take on kind of what one of the points you wanted to really hit home or talk about. Yeah, again, you know, I've over the months have been watching and sharing headlines like the, you know, unemployment, you know, we did have a little bit of an uptick, they said, but obviously it's still, uh, I think employment, people's job security, as far as census, I think people are still kind of hesitant where that's heading, even though there's tons of jobs still opening up there. But a lot of the stimulus money is gone. A lot of the tax money, I think that people are going to anticipate uh, might not be there. So again, everything that I looked at was just the patterns and trends we've seen over the, the years. Years. You know, the shopper indexes that we track is lower than it's been in five plus years um, as far as people engaging and shopping online to seeing these headlines. And so that was my speculation. But you bought a lot of the, the backing of the banking information that I didn't know. So bring that up. You know, you're you talked in the video on how you broke down um, these bundles that, you know, investors and banks buy from the subprimes and, and the amount of money that they might be lending. You said something about, uh, I think it was like 2 million might get knocked down to a million and a half or something. So bring that back up. Okay. So you hit it right on the head. Dealers are speculating that the tax season is going to be good, but banks, I think they see so far in the future, kind of like what you're talking about, that they're seeing how things are unfolding. They see that the money is not there. The repo is creeping up. So one of the things that I was talking to with a few of my banks now you know, we talk about how the market's constantly changing and a lot of dealers are experts in their market only. So a lot of times when I do my YouTube videos, 
I'll talk about as a kind of a, a nationwide type of premise. And everybody's like, my market's booming. I don't know what you're talking about. This is nationwide. These banks lend in every single state. And that's why I'm taking what they're saying with a little bit more merit than a dealer in a small, you know, uh, community that's booming right now. Yeah, we talked about that. You know, a lot of times when I talk to a dealer or I bring something up, well, no, we just had a record month or we're having a, a record February. And it's like, I understand that. But and I always want to talk to dealers and position them, you know, what the next 30, 40, 60 days looks like that car you bought today. What is it? Is it going to be here 60 days from now or it's 20 days old? And if we don't do anything about it, it will be here in, in a slower March, you know, uh, February, March, April, you know, or something like that. So so with these banks and, and things that you're talking about, um, you, you know, are, is the funnel top uh, uh, tightening up? Are they not lending as much? Is it are they starting, you know, some rumblings about, you know, the, the amount of money they're they're giving to the dealerships and so forth? Yeah. So, you know, as, as I was going around, like I said, I buy, uh, buy here, pay your paper, uh, use car portfolio from different dealers, franchise independents. As I was doing, uh, I had a dealer in Texas that had $1.8 million in portfolio paper that we were trying to sell off to banks. And usually they love Texas paper. Um, the uh, subprime market, anything above 20%, they're usually dying for. And they just were really excited about it. But as I started shopping it to different banks, I wasn't getting callbacks. I wasn't getting emails. They were really lowballing me stuff that, you know, you normally know, like if you go to an auction, you know, MMR is this for the car. It's going to go for this. Same thing with paper. It always has like a set value. We've been doing this for, you know, 10 plus years. It's always the same. They all started pulling back. And that's when I started digging and asking like, how come I'm getting low buybacks? Why are they trying to buy instead of 80 cents a dollar? They're giving me like 60, 70 cents. And that's when they've told me that they're seeing an uptick in repos. You know, we talked about on the video how the height was about 14.8% of repos nationwide during the 2008, 2009, you know, fallout. And so as of right now, a lot of the subprime banks that I'm using collectively are seeing about 11.2% repo rate across the board. Now, I know people don't really see that it's that bad, but every point it ticks up, the banks change their lending rules. They have to offset the risk and mitigate loss when it comes to lending. Now, what that means is for independents and franchises that they're going to start dialing back the money that they're actually funding. And now this is trickling up to the, the government level that you saw in the video. The Fed is basically going to be raising some rates. A lot of the major banks like Wells Fargo, Bank of America, some of the other subprime banks that get their money from, they're pulling the purse strings. They're seeing that the next you know quarter or two quarters, like you said, they're seeing, you know, quarters in the future, they're seeing it as a reduction, like repo is going to go up. So they're pulling the purse strings. And now that's trickling down to the subprime markets. One of my banks was expecting about $25 million per quarter to lend. They were told that they're going to have somewhere around $15 million because of the uh, repo rates, the risk and what they see in the future. So they're looking at repo rates are up. I've seen that headline. Um, and they're seeing, they know, they've already openly met, the Fed did to say in March, they're raising the rates. Yep. So you're saying the banks don't wait till March. They're acting now. So between the increase of repo rates to the fact that they know the interest rates are going up, they're pulling back a bit. And you mentioned something about, and, and, and tell me if this falls into this, obviously, is loan to value ratios or something. Oh my God. Yeah. So how does that fall into that speculation too? Because again, they're the banks are speculative, right? They're saying, hey, if this is happening and this is happening, let's pull back now so we're not caught. So, you know, and part of that is the loan to value ratios, right? Exactly. So, explain so, that. so as of right now, um, a lot of the subprime banks that I'm looking at due to inflation, the increased cost of cars and everything else, 
their average deal is about 122% of LTV. That's as of today. And that's why they believe that some of the repos are starting to uptick. They're trying to, you know, their, their job is to lend money. So they want to offset that by giving people a little bit more to keep the money moving. Just like, I don't know, most people don't know that banks get penalized if they don't spend all the money that's basically designated for loans. So that's why a lot of times they'll be a little more aggressive. But as and they, they, start- and they keep the economy going due to COVID, they had to lo- either they don't yeah. loan 120 percent yeah, or they, they go ahead and do it. Right. And so yeah. you know, when pe- somebody's buying a 20 grand car for 25, 30 grand because the dealer addendum, because of just whatever, the banks either say no and the economy goes to crap or they just keep the ball rolling and that's what they've been doing, right? Yeah, so they've basically just been pumping that money out and now that they're seeing that the repo rates are going bad and as you said, we're starting to see more and more cars at the auction. If we drive by here in Vegas, every franchise dealer, it used to look empty. Now they're looking full. They got four or five rows of cars. And so as they start to see the uptick in repos, they're getting the repo numbers back from like Mannheim, Odessa. And they're seeing that their 122% LTV cars are now bringing maybe 70, 80% at the auction. So they're realizing that loss is huge. So they're starting to mitigate the lending uh, criteria and they want to drop it down. Now, back in 2008, that was, like I said, our worst time, 14 point, whatever, two or 8% in repos, but they were close to 88% of LTV back then because most people had the money because of the booming economy to put down this. They tried to read the numbers like a booming economy, but instead of the big down payments offsetting the costs, the, the banks were financing more to basically non-qualified buyers. It's almost like the, the ninja loans from home loans. They just kept giving people this money. I can personally testify it. I've gone to several franchise stores where people that normally make $2,000, $3,000 a month are getting four dollars to $5,000 a month due to stimulus, unemployment. You know, now they're qualifying for a $1,000 payment. Like you said, now that stimulus and unemployment's gone, they're back to their $2,000 a month job and they can't afford that $1,000 car and all these things are going back. And another statistic that I just recently found out is from a few local banks here and in California, when I asked them, what is the biggest period where you see the most repos? And they were like, well, what do you mean? I was like, what year to what year? They're like, well, all the loans that we issued from 2020 to 2021 have our highest repo rate compared to like 19, 18, other stuff like that. Basically, it's it's telling us that everybody that was out there that shouldn't have got a loan got a loan, and they basically pushed it through with all the stimulus money. So the way I I kind of see this, and again, I just I I put myself I don't think I'm different than most consumers out there, and so if my and I was getting three hundred bucks here and there for my kid, right? I didn't need it. I, part of me is like, send that back. I don't want it, you know, but it showed up. So I go, huh, well, then maybe I can spend a little extra here. And then all of a sudden, you know, if I'm doing that, then that goes away. But now, not only that, my groceries, my gas, my whatever's are costing me another two or 300 extra a month than what it has. Now you're talking 600 in the hole. And I just bought a car and I'm paying an extra hundred a month thinking, well, I could float that up until inflation and and that money goes away. Right. So I think consumers are stuck in that. There's three things that I thought helped the used car market last year. Uh, It was up. um, And I don't know how much of that was people transitioning from new to used. That usually doesn't happen a whole lot. A new car buyer typically stays a new car buyer. Now, if they needed a car, maybe. I think three things drove that one, the stimulus money, and that kind of went away. 
Um, the second thing might be a little bit of the economy and you want to throw in things like crypto or stuff like that, where people are making this extra money that they weren't used to, man, I just made 80 grand selling some Bitcoin. Let's go pay 40 grand for a car and be okay. You know, whatever. I think that drove up some of it and that's speculative. That's up and down right now. And then our, our, that's risky. And then the third, and I think this is more than not, I do think when the shutdown happened and people started working from home. I think they got rid of that second or third car that they didn't need anymore. And then a year later, the economy is opening back up. They're going back to the office and they had to replace that car they sold. And I think those buyers are gone too, right? So the crypto people might be gone, the people with the extra stimulus money or the pad up until inflation happened. And then the people that replaced those cars are all going to be gone going into next this year, right? Yeah, I mean, you you literally hit it on the head. I try to beg my dealers, like I hear them, God, I have to overpay at the auction. It's crazy pricing. And then I'm like, oh, how many apps are you getting in? Oh, we're getting about 50% of what they normally did. And they keep basically just, I don't know what it is. It feels like there's this like false bubble that dealers are trying to prop up for used car prices. Like, um, you know, you talked a little bit earlier about how uh, we're looking at 7% inflation rate. Um, so if you made, you know, and what is it, uh, the income actually went up, like whatever their average of $15 an hour is now in place. That went up 5%, but inflation is up 7%. Yeah, exactly. So you're, yeah. you're 2% negative. So you're making less money than what you did now. And I've noticed too, that, like you said, a lot of people are not buying that second or third car. They're working from home. So as I tell dealers this stuff and they personally have friends and they could vouch for it. And there's shows like yours to talk about this. I still see dealers like paying way too much for cars. They're not selling as much. They're complaining that the deals are not coming in. The buy fees are too high. Um, the, the, the credit apps are not just there. And so if banks are seeing this three, four months down the road, and I hear dealers across the United States, not just in Nevada and California, but across the U.S. complaining about this, I'm not sure why other dealers haven't caught on, why they haven't became maybe a little bit more aggressive with selling, with maybe some uh, uh, different type of bank offerings. But I just, I see the market I wouldn't say pop. It's going to have a correction. It's something's going to happen because once the banks stop lending, that's when the repos pile up. That's when inventory gets through and that's when the prices drop. And I think that maybe three to six months is what we're looking at. Franchise dealer, mostly prime financing. How, why does this matter to me? I think the fact that, you know, a lot of people as a franchise store, they're, they're waiting for those tier one customers to come in. And as the uh, repos start piling up in the subprime, a lot of these banks do mid prime and prime customers. I believe that this is going to change the lending dynamic across the board. As the repo starts to pile up, it's going to hurt their uh, their rates. And they're actually going to pull back even from lending on some of these more expensive cars, even if you're a tier one customer. Plus, I believe that now that they're they're seeing these numbers tick up, they're going to start changing their LTV where, you know, like you can go to a Chevy dealer and pay 30K over sticker on a Corvette. And, you know, they have banks in there that will finance it. I believe that stuff is literally going to be coming to an end here very shortly. So they won't cut it off. Well, Ford's already said they're going after dealers that, you know, marked up. But so that's true. But they might not necessarily cut it off, but they're just going to require more money down. Right. You got to come up with five grand down or 10 grand down to do this one. Yeah, it, it boggles my mind. You know, I have friends in some Chevy dealerships. They're okay with paying over sticker, but they're upset when they're asked for two, three, five thousand dollars down on a new Corvette. They think it's preposterous. Why well, have an eight hundred credit score? I shouldn't have to put money down. Yes, you do, because now the banks are realizing that if you lose your income, they have to take that car back to the auction. They're not getting ten k over sticker. It's a used car. Now they're getting wholesale prices. They're getting basically just destroyed at the auction. And like you said, I don't think they're going to cut it off, but I do think they're going to slowly wind it down. And they're going to be a little bit more 
um, I guess, unforgiving when it comes to like zero down. They want the big down payments again. So it's kind of like trickle down economy, but upside down. Instead of the rich trickling down, it's the poor or the people not paying their bills. And that will trickle down to people that do pay their bills. They go, well, we're gonna have to make up the money somewhere. We need more money down from you. Good paying customer. Yeah. So some of the banks that we were talking about, how they were talking about pulling back, I'm like, well, what are you going to do with that money? They're like, oh, we're doing future projections. We're guessing sometime from August to you know November that a lot more people, the market's going to adjust, cars are going to dip, and that more and more people are going to be kind of financially strapped. So those tier one customers that they couldn't touch are going to start getting to this. And then as that recession creeps in, they believe that they're going to see about a 10 to 15% uptick in business during that uh, uh, end to third and beginning of fourth quarter as of this year. They're mm. not just one, every bank that I talk to, they're all anticipating that big of a change in that market. So, you know, I, I know we don't know everything, but I trust banks. I know that sounds bad, but they need <laughs> to project just on the dollar, like what they see, how they see it and everything else. But I do believe that we're going to see a definite boom in the subprime market. And that's why independents and franchises need to pay attention to stuff like this. And so that's, again, why I wanted you on the show, you know, to bring that you're not a bank, but you're bringing the perspective of dealing with those banks into this conversation where as dealers, uh, again, here, this isn't uh, the sky's falling, dump everything, liquidate. This is, you know, and everything that I've tried to train dealers is just stay lean and clean with your inventory. Don't overbuy uh, to your current sale rate. Don't underbuy either. Don't be too afraid. Play in the game, but you can only play and be effective when you're lean and clean and you could just make adjustments and you're not stuck with 20, 30% of your inventory aged and now the market crashed and your cars are worth 30% less. And now you got millions of dollars, you know, out there that, and then, so um, again, stay lean and clean, just, and it doesn't matter what economy you have strong or bad, um, you'll be able to get through it. It's the dealers that try to catch that little bubble that, oh man, this is going to be a great opportunity. That's fine. (laughs) But that only happens once every five, 10 years, you know, something, like what we just experienced this spring it, it's the I, i'd rather miss that bubble than be caught in it when it pops don't wait till you feel the pain because if you do you're 30 45 days behind what's really happening in the market would you agree with that 100 all right lucky thank you for being on the show again use cards weekly every thursday cbt news see you next week thanks for watching use cars weekly 